Okay, um, I want to go back to something Chad said. You know, Chad said that Andy is out of town because his son's getting married, they're having a shower. He did not leave town to avoid hearing me preach, okay? <laughs> At least I don't think he did. At least I hope he did. So, um, so Andy's brought us three wonderful sermons about Peter, and this is the fourth one and the last one in the series. And so I guess if we were playing baseball, I'd be the cleanup batter. Um, and so um, with your help, we're going to try to bring a run or two across the plate here as we, as we move on uh, to something else after our study of Peter. So I want to do two things. One is I want to review some of the things we've learned about Peter. And then second, I want to do sort of a deeper dive or a closer look at the journey that Simon the fisherman made to become Peter the Apostle. I'd like for you to think about it this way. It was a journey from thou wilt be known as to you are. A journey from thou wilt or you will be known as to you are. And that's the journey we want to talk about. What were some of the things that happened along the way as Simon made that journey? First of all, some of the things we've learned about Peter, his given name was Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon son of Jonah. We don't know his mother's name. He's referred to almost 200 times in the Old Testament. And you compare that to John, who's referred to about 31 times. So we know so much about Peter. Next to Jesus, he's probably the next person we know more about than anyone else. And of course, there's lots of theories about why the scripture spent so much time on Peter. But, but certainly one of the things could have been that Jesus had this special relationship with him, probably because he's so human probably because he's so much like the rest of us. But he certainly got a lot of attention in the scriptures. Jesus gives him a name of Peter, and we'll talk about that in the scripture in a few moments. Um, but we don't have evidence, once he calls him Peter, we don't have evidence of, of him ever using that name again uh, for him. So that's sort of a mystery that we have. Uh, he has a brother, his brother's Andrew, and Andrew brings him first to John the Baptist, and then he brings him to Jesus. So Andrew plays a major role in, in uh, the journey that, uh, that Simon would travel to become Peter. Originally, he was from Bethsaida, which is on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee, but relocated to Capernaum for reasons that are not known to us. His house was probably large. He had a, maybe a two-story house, and it was for him, his wife, his mother-in-law, his brother, and we think even for a period of time, Jesus may have lived with him. So the point is, he may have been a little more well-to-do than your average fisherman of the time. He was a fisherman by trade along with his brother Andrew, James, and John. They had a, they had a small business, and they were fishermen. And if you know something about fishermen of that time, fishermen were kind of a, a, different, a different breed of cat, as we say. Uh, they worked outside, they, uh, they were rough, they, they, uh, they may have even smelled bad like fish, uh, probably used a salty language as we say. They were, they were different and they were fishermen uh, who ran this small business uh, together. He wasn't formally educated but he would have studied the scriptures from age five like all Jewish boys. He was married and his wife accompanied him on some of his mission journeys. So later in his life when he was traveling to other places to, to take the word of God. His wife did accompany him. He had a distinct Galilean accent, which would have sounded harsh to the other people of Judea. He was in the core group of disciples with James and John. And you'll notice in the scripture, there are many times when Jesus calls aside these 
three, Simon, James, and John, and uh, pulls them aside to be involved in something that the whole group is not involved in. <clears throat> he was clearly the leader of the group, and he was a leader doing good things, and sometimes he was a leader doing not so good things. Uh, so, uh, but he was always out front. He was always very passionate and let everyone know how he felt. He was the first to be called by name by Jesus. He was the first to confess his sinfulness to Jesus. And he received from Jesus the most serious rebukes. And you think about it, maybe, maybe that's about the fact that Jesus had such high hopes for him. And when people we have high hopes for disappoint us, we're liable to give them the most serious rebukes. But that's what we see. And at least seven times there were miracles performed by Jesus that involved uh, Simon, Peter, that involved him. Either he was part of the miracle or he observed the miracle. So again, something that showed the, the, the amount of preparation that, that Jesus poured into him to help him on his journey to become Peter the Apostle. Now as I said, we wanted to focus on the journey that Simon the fisherman made to become Peter the Apostle. And, we, and particularly the part of it of the journey he made from you will be known as to you are. From you will be known as to you are. What are some of the things that happened so that that could, that could be the case? So the first scripture we want to look at is John 1, verses 41 42. If you remember uh, Jesus' brother, and I mean Jesus, Simon's brother Andrew um, was the first one to become acquainted with John the Baptist. So he brought his brother John the Baptist. Uh, and we think that they both became involved in supporting or, or following John the Baptist. But then the next uh, thing that Andrew did, which is so important to the journey, the journey that, that Simon's going to make, is he brought him to Jesus. And in this scripture, in John 1, 41, 42, we see this. He findeth first his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted Christ. He brought him unto Jesus. Jesus looked upon him and said, Thou art Simon, the son of John. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation Peter. So a couple of things are happening here. First of all, Simon meets this man, Jesus, and Jesus calls him by name. Jesus knows who he is. He knows who his father is. Then, then he goes beyond that and he says, but you're going to be known as something else. You're going to be known as another name. And so what's going on with Simon at this time? This had to be confusing to him to say, you know, how does this man know these things? And what does this thing mean? I'm going to be known as Cephas. I'm going to be known by another man. What does all this mean? And I'm sure that Simon was confused by that, but he listened, he took it in, and it was the beginning of the journey. The beginning of the journey is when he hears that, that God has another name for him, that God have a, has something for him that he's going to do, and God sees something in him that he can't see in himself. That's the beginning of his journey. Then we go to the next part of the journey, which is Matthew uh, chapter 4, verses 18 through 20, which says this, And by walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brethren, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishers, and he saith unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left the nets and followed him. So in the first example we gave, Simon is hearing something. 
He's hearing something he's going to file away and he's going to remember and ponder and wonder about. But now we come to a place where Simon needs to make a decision. He needs to take action. And so did he have a choice? Could he have said no to Jesus? I think so. I think God always gives us the right to say no if we want to. Thankfully, he didn't say no, but, but he had that choice to make. So now this, this, and maybe, you know, one of the things I thought of is maybe this curiosity he had about what this new name is going to mean, maybe that's one of the things that helped him say yes. Maybe that's one of the things that sort of pushed him forward. But he said, okay, I'll do it. You know, and so what we see here is, is Simon answering the call to serve. Now, the call to serve means a lot of things. And, and, and for us, often the call to serve means um, giving up a little bit of your time or giving up a little bit of your money. But for Simon and his brother Andrew, it meant turning away from the life they had known. And so the call to serve for, serve for them was really a drastic change. And it was a change they had no idea where it was going to take them. No idea what, what it would lead to. You know, we, uh, we have the same thing now. Sometimes the call to serve uh, is going to lead us to places that we can't imagine and lead us into opportunities that we can't imagine. So this is what was happening here. Now, I can relate the call to serve. I, I think that uh, I've been in this church about 35 years, and uh, during those 35 years, I have answered the call to serve many times, and I have also failed answer the call to serve many times and when I think about the reasons I have failed to answer the call to serve I think about all the excuses that I give and I could write a book on these things right I could write a book on all the reasons that I haven't haven't said yes lately at this part of my life what I say is you know I'm older I'm not as healthy as I used to be I'm not as don't have as much energy and here's one that you might like Somebody, I've done my part. Let somebody else do it. All right. I think somebody else resembles that remark, as we say. So, so yeah, so, so those are some of the things that, that I use. Um, I'm thankful that Simon didn't use any excuses, that he said yes, and he, he answered the call to serve. So, again, we've seen the step where he became aware of a new name, a new a new. Uh, a purpose in his life that he was not aware of he became aware of it and now he's answered the call to serve the next part of the story I want to talk about is in Luke 5 verses 4 through 8 and when he had left speaking he said unto Simon put out into the depth deep and let down your nets for a draught and Simon answered and said master we told all night and took nothing but at thy word I will let down the nets and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their nets were breaking, and they and they should that they should come and well, I'm sorry, nets were breaking, and they beckoned unto their partners in the other boat that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But Simon Peter, when he saw it, fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, I'm a sinful man, O Lord. So a part of this goes back to this thing about the call to serve. The part that says, um, but at your, at your word I will let down the nets. Remember, what, what Simon's really saying here is, you know, Jesus, we fished all night and we didn't catch anything. Now you're telling me in the daytime to let down the nets. But 
everybody knows you don't catch fish in the day. So he's saying, really, I don't, I don't agree with this. I don't, I don't think this, is, this makes any sense. But I'm going to do it at thy word. I'm going to do it because you said so. So this is also part of this thing about the call to serve. I know at my house we talk about, um, about why we do things sometimes. And we'll say to each other, Lynn and I, well, are you doing, this? Are you doing that with a good heart? And sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes the answer is no. I'm not doing it with a good heart. But sometimes we just go ahead and do it because it's something that needs to be done, and we feel that God's calling us to do it. And, and, and so here, Simon didn't necessarily have a good heart. He just did what Jesus asked him to do. So again, this is part of the, of the journey. But the next part is very important. He said, but Simon Peter, when he saw it, fell down to Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, here we have uh, Simon who has observed the, the power of Jesus, the power to control nature, the power to do these things, and he falls to his knees and confesses his sin. You know, I, I think our, um, our, our liturgy and in, in the communion, as we, as we go to communion, says, ye who truly and earnestly repent of your sin. Uh, what's happening here, and this is an important part of the journey for Simon as he's moving toward being Peter, it's important that he confess his sinfulness to Jesus. Remember, he's the first of the, of the disciples to do this. But he, he needed to confess his sinfulness. What was happening when he confessed his sinfulness? What's happening is he's getting rid of his ego, he's getting rid of his pride, he's getting rid of his attitude that we have a lot of times that we can do it on our own. We don't really need any help. He's getting rid of everything that stands between him and a, and a relationship with Jesus. And he had to do that. He had to do that to continue in this, in this journey of moving toward what God knew he could be. So this is, again, another step in that process. Understanding that God had another name for him, uh, answering the call to serve, and now confessing his sins to get rid of the things in the way of his relationship with Jesus. The next step in the journey is in Matthew 16, 13 through 18. Now when Jesus came into the parts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah and one of the, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But who, do, who say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So this is the turning point. Remember we were saying before, you will be known as Peter. Back then, he wasn't Peter, he wasn't Cephas, he wasn't the rock, but Jesus telling you will be known as that. Here's where Jesus is now saying, you are Peter. And what has brought this about? It's all these steps along the way, but to this point, where Simon looks at him and says, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. In other words, Simon has complete clarity about who Jesus is. And the way he got there is all these steps along the way that allowed him to get to the point of having complete clarity about who Jesus is. And then Jesus says, I'm going to build my church upon 
basically the, the word what I've always thought of is Peter the person is who we're going to build the church on but actually I think what it means is Jesus is saying the kind of faith you have is what I'll build my church on the kind of faith that has clarity about who I am is what I'm going to build my church on and so the people who had that kind of faith were the foundation of the church well Simon's arrived, right? He's Peter now. He's, he's done. He's, he's, you know, like this. I'm done. I'm good. And, and the rest of the, the story is all smooth sailing, right? Right? No? No, there's more to the story, isn't there? So the next, the next chapter in the story I want to talk about is um, when Jesus, the night before Jesus is arrested and tried and crucified, uh, he, goes, he goes into the garden, he takes his three inner circle disciples with him, and he's praying, asking them to pray with him, and he goes away. He says, I'm going to leave you for a little while, I'm going to go away on my own. This is Mark 14, 37. And it says, And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Could, couldest thou not watch one hour? So Jesus basically comes back, finds them asleep, and says, give me a break. Simon, you couldn't stay awake for an hour? You couldn't stay awake for an hour. And notice he calls him Simon. Not Peter, not Cephas, not a rock. He calls him Simon. Because at this point, he's acting like the old guy. He's acting like the old person. So this is not the end of the story either. Because we know that later in that night, the soldiers would come to arrest Jesus, and when they came, who was the leader? Who jumped out front? Simon did. He jumped out, drew a sword, swung the sword, and cut a man's ear off. So at that point, my question for you is, and risk his life. I mean, there's, you, you sort of wonder why the soldiers didn't kill him at that point, because he, he, he went at them with a sword. But so my question for you is, when he jumped out front, drew that sword, swung the sword at somebody, was he being Simon or was he being Peter? So, question, who thinks he was being Simon? Yeah, who thinks he was being Peter? Okay, and who thinks he was being both? Yeah, okay. So I would, I would think, I would say that I think he was being both. I think the part of him that was, that loved Jesus, that was willing to risk his life to defend Jesus, that jumped out there to, to, to try to help. I think that was Peter showing up. There was part of Peter in, in him at that point. But I think the part that did violence was the Simon part. So I think at that point, we see place in the scripture where he's referred to as Simon Peter, and I think there's some time where he's sort of conflicted. He's a split personality. But again, the, the, the story doesn't end there either, does it? Because even though, even though, even though he says, I'll never deny you Christ, we know that by the time the cock crows, he's denied Christ three times. And if Jesus, and Jesus didn't talk to him at that point, but if Jesus were talking to him, he would surely have called him Simon. Because he allowed his fear, his uncertainty to overwhelm him, and he denied his master. At that point, he was Simon. So thankfully, that's not the end of the story either. Because then what happens is, that even though this had to be a low point, the lowest point in his life, the lowest point 
of, of Simon's life had to be at that point where he denied Christ. He had to be so disappointed in himself, so ashamed. But what was still inside of him is the person who fell to his knees and told Jesus, I'm a sinful person. And the part of him that said, you are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God, it was still there. It was still inside of him. He had not lost his faith. And it was his faith that allowed him to pull himself up, to pull himself through these dark days and become, truly become Peter the Apostle who would bring thousands of people to Christ. So the journey of finding out God sees something in him that he couldn't see himself, of answering the call to serve, of confessing his sins, of getting clarity about Jesus, who Jesus is, and of relying on his faith to take him through his darkest days. That's the journey that Simon the fisherman made to become Peter the apostle. See, God invites us to make the same journey. God invites us to make the same journey, and the journey begins by trying to understand what other name God might have for us. If God looks at us, looks at me, looks at you, and says, you will be known as, what would he say? What might he say? Well, for, for one person, he might say, you will be known as someone who took care of our children. For someone else, it might be, you will be known as someone who spent time with our youth, helping to shape their lives. For someone else, it might be, you will be known as someone who took care of our sick and our shut-ins. For someone else, it might be, you will be known as the person who went through the community and reached people who needed to hear the word and weren't hearing it. And I think there's a message that God would have for every one of us, and that is, you will be known as a rock on which I will build Stockbridge United Methodist Church. God invites us to take the same journey that Peter took. God invites us to make that same journey from what you will be known as to what you are. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Peter. We thank you for the example he gives us of how we can seek a new name that you would like to give us of how we can embrace a new identity and a new life that you would have for us and help us to have the wisdom and the strength to travel that road that Peter traveled to seek that new life that new identity that you have for us so that we can fully live into what you see we can become even though we don't see it we ask this in the name of your son Jesus. Amen. <clears throat>